Tisa Koleda, the Yisnu is Kolam, the Yivku Ha'am, the Lailahu. This was Kleisel's reaction to the Miraglim, the Wicked Spies report. The entire assembly raised up and issued its voice. The people wept that night. And what was Hashem's response? And when was this? Amar Rab, Amar Biochanan, at the end of Tainus tells us famously, O Salila, Leil Tishabavaya. That night was the night of Tishabav. Tomorrow night. Amalama Kadesh Borhu, you cried. Atempachitim Bechia Shalchinam. You cried a Bechia Shalchinam. Not purposeful, not meaningful, an unnecessary cry. And I'm going to set for you a crying for generations. Here's the shorish, here's the root of so much of our suffering. Here's the shorish of all that happened on Tishabov. The Inquisition, Edict, the beginning of World War One, of course, the destruction of Tubati Mikdashos. What, what did it start with? A Bechia Shalchinam. Crying for nothing. So many times when we cry, it's an immediate um, sign to us to take it seriously. Look, I'm crying. We're talking about ourselves and how we view other people's tears here, of course. Sometimes we do that with their bechinam, and I'm. But here we learn a powerful and scary thought. You have to think about it. You have to remember it. Often we shouldn't take our own tears so seriously. An adraba. We may be taken to task for those very tears. Are your tears real? Are they precious tears? Are they the types of tears that we turn to the Bonashon and Slichos and say, these should be Benot Chalios, put our tears in your flask and look at them, Hashem, look at our suffering? We do that sometimes. Or are they Chinam Dikit tears? What should Klai Yisrael have known? Tova oritz ma'od ma'od. As Yeshuan Kalev said, no, no, the land is not just good. And it's not just very good. It's very, very good. I have to change the song. Ma'od ma'od. Tova oritz ma'od ma'od. Where else in Tanakh do you use such a strong Russian? I know where there's one ma'od, two ma'ods. Tova oritz ma'od ma'od. And you think... Yisrael is mentioned in last week's parsha. It's because Hashem hates you. You slandered in your tents, the Jewish people. With hatred. With sin. He didn't like us. He didn't appreciate us. He took us. Sinna. Sinna. Hatred. Hashem has given you one of the greatest gifts. Chemdas call Yisrael. The desire of the whole Jewish people. The place that us always wanted to be. Our fathers. Desirous place. Kol Elyonim. Like the Gros says in his letter, want to see it. Just to grasp, to, to, to get a piece. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to see from the other side. It's so good, the land. He hates you. It's always important to learn from the Pashat lessons of Chomish. If we're going deeper. You see... How warped a person's thinking can be. How off. You know, we're always so, we're so sure of ourselves and our tainas and our complaints. 
and how we see things. We see here how off, how warped, how perverted a person's perception can be. We see how important it is to learn things in the right way, not see it the wrong way. Sinna was Abba. It's love. Right, just for all. The whole world wants to be here. 31 kings wanted to be here. All eyes are on this place. Everybody knows what it is. And we have to make a very big Kalbachomer, Benbenoshel Kalbachomer. You know what that is. This is the Dordea. Who are we talking about? Amiano Medabrim. Of course, we don't understand whether it's fullness. <coughs> Dordea, a, a, a nation of, of wisdom. Those that saw Har Sinai, those that experienced the Ten Marcus, they saw Kriyas Yamsuf. They missed it. So it's no easy task. No, it's very easy to look at them and say how silly they are. I'm not like that. It's obviously not so simple. There are, of course, many different ways to take Chedem Raglim. But I want to speak about something the Svarim speak about in this context. So the Orach HaSadikim has a whole shar, has a whole gateway called Nirganut, which translates directly to complaining. We see complaining as like not a thing. I'm talking about serious complaining. Everybody has a complaint from time to time. But being a complainer, being a serious complainer, let's take it down to our terms. Complaining is not a thing. Maybe it's a mitzvah. Maybe it's in a very Jewish thing. Sometimes Jews like to complain. Not us, but... But Mephoshim don't see it that way. Gedolim Mephoshim. As I mentioned, there's a whole chapter in the Orchus Sadikim, central Muslim Sefer. But from this discussion that we're focusing on, Klai Yisrael see complaining, right? We're going to discuss a topic that's so omid al so present today during the three weeks and so much in the craziness that's going on in Israel today, everybody knows, which is obviously Israel. But first let's talk about Nir Ganud a little bit. So... If I could be so bold to say, even a bigger source than the Orchus Sadikim, which was Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah's Megdoli Rishon and Mamish. And, uh, great Svarim, great Perushim in many places in Shas. One of the great, I don't like to use the word ethicist, I don't think it even gives the beginning of what someone like Rabbeinu Yonah was, but the same Rishon who wrote Elias the Rabbeinu Yonah and Baba Basra, his Perushan Brochus, wrote a phenomenal Sefer, which is much learned over Elul in Yeshivos, called Shari Chum, the Gates of Repentance. And in his third Shar, he brings a Chazal. Listen to this. There are four groups that don't aren't Zoha to receive the face of the Shekhinah, whatever that means. Those who jest in an inappropriate way. Liars. Flatterers. Don't so speak Lashon Hara. Okay, not a good group. This is not, it's not who you're looking for to spend your vacation with, these guys. Okay? But listen to this. Then he goes through who's the key, who's part of the Kat Mesapri Lashon Hara. He says the six Chelik, there are six parts, I think it's the last one. The sixth part of Mesapri Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, that which you heard a shear from about recently, is the Nirgun, the complainer. Incredible. His way, like I said, we're not talking about the uh, some one time. We're talking about a person as a derech hachaim. It's hard to know when it's something a derech hachaim. Okay, that's for another time. But it's his way. It's his chok. That's what he does. He complains. Little name, 
L'dra'eim, v'yimtza t'nuo s'alchevei retomid, he always finds bad things about his friend. Amasav al-dibur, my friend did this, my friend said this. V'avav b'yishichavei betumim esalichimo. His friend is going to betumimus in a good way. I'm just, I'm just being myself. I'm trying. I don't mean to offend you. I don't mean anything. He has no, not, the furthest thing from his friend's mind is any bad intention. Last thing on his mind. But the near gun, the complainer sees him like that. Everything he judges negatively, not positively. Anything that's done to him unintentionally becomes intentional. I'll use modern terminology, make Rabbi Kalinsky happy. Victim. He makes himself the victim. And the sins of my friend are so heavy with me. Every, what do we call them? Meta, those things, what are those called? What? Microaggressions. Microaggressions, right? Every, so terrible. This is the complainer. He has a friend. He's a great guy. A gishmaka person. A nice guy. Has no bad intention. He makes a mistake once in a while. The complainer, everything is bad. So is bad. Now, this for me, when I looked into it, it's a new angle on Lashon Hara. This is called one of the Mesopri Lashon Hara. Let's think about that. We're theoretically speaking about someone who learned Kol Sefri Chavetz Chaim, Kalik Chamura, it's probably somewhere in, I don't know, but he learns Chavetz Chaim, Kamoshit Tzarech, with the Ber Mayim Chaim, he's Machbed, Seventh Conditions, he remembers, he gets a call about a Shidduch, he reviews of Ramon's list. He's got the thing. He's got the chart right next to the telephone. Never says a word of Lashon Hara. Well, we call Lashon Hara. Not a word. He's Makbid Kalakamura. Absodic. But he doesn't see others in a good light. He doesn't see others in a good light. He misjudges them, mis- misjudges his friends. And that makes him from the Mesapri Lashon Hara. Incredible. What does he think about others? Like the eight sources, rock, rock, kolayom. It's only bad. People are bad to me. Hashem is bad to me. Rock, rock, kolayom. By the way, what are the Sophie Tavis of rock, rock, kolayom? The end letters: rock, kuf, ra, ayin, kol, lamed, hayom, mem. Ayin kuf lamed mem. What's that? Amalek. Rock, rock, kolayom. Rabbi Yonah continues. What what ends up? Okay, so you've you've already gotten yourself into a group you don't want to be. <laughs> I learned Kol Sefer Shchavetz Chaim. I was Ma'akman and Rav Ramon Shir, and I complain. I complain a lot. You're Masaper Lashon Hara. Odom Rishlomo Melech, the Nirgun Mafred Aluf, the Nirgun, the complainer separates a friend. Ritzono Lamar explains Rabbi Yona. Again, this is a Rishon. We're talking about a heavy source here. Not uh, it's not a, a, this is eight hundred. This is Torah from a thousand years ago, eight hundred years ago. A saver that is well learned. Everybody learns a saver. He separates himself from friends. People can't handle being with him. You just can't handle being with him. The complainer is hurting himself. People can't handle him or her. You ever you ever go out with a, a friend who complains a lot? Yeah, you ever have that experience? Yeah. Much worse. Let's speak more no gay right now. You finally make it to your coveted, much needed vacation. And it's truly a, a beautiful spot with so much good to see. You go to the Swiss Alps, Davos, St. Moritz. You know, excellent place. You even have Mignanum, kosher bakeries. 
But the Nirgun is always going to pick up on what's not perfect. Oh, we're so away from the, far away from the stream. Far away from the stream? When was the last time you saw a stream? Why is breakfast only at 10, 10, 10 a.m.? It's good that it's only till 10 a.m. Now you can walk to the stream that's so far away. Why is everything so expensive? They said the food was on a world-class level. This is world-class. This is a hundred times better than anything you've eaten in the last ten months. Eventually, the friend says, that's not my idea of vacation. The non-complainer. I didn't come, I didn't come to Switzerland. Switzerland is expensive, yeah? I, I, I didn't go expensive for that. And the next winter, the near gun calls his friend again and says, hey, let's go to Spain together. We had such a good time in Switzerland. Click. Hello? Hello? Hmm? Hello? Oh, I hate Golan Telecom. <laughs> and it gets worse. Don't think that that near Ganut doesn't break up partnerships. Yeah, vacation, okay. You find someone else to vacation with. Breaks up partnerships, good partnerships. We're talking about good people. And even marriages. The husband or the wife of the complainer sees the good things about their spouse. They're not complainers, but they can't handle the complaining. And sometimes it gets to the big D word. People do get divorced over such things like that. But other times they stay married and live with deep emotional estrangement. Everything I do, I'm under a complaint. Everything I do. I bring in Parnas, it's not enough. I clean the house, you have something else to say. I try to, you know, the complainer's always picking up on Rak Rak Kolayom. Rabbeinu Yonah continues. Upamim Rabot Hanirgan Kafli Tov. It's not, it doesn't have to be, but very often the complainer is Kafli Tov. He doesn't recognize the good. That central media that's been discussed many times over the summer of Akar Tov, seeing the good, he doesn't see it because he's complaining all the time. Gam and he sees the bad. The Yashivra Takastov, and you're doing that to me? I'll show you. What, what, what? Show you what? I meant good for you. I didn't mean anything. I didn't mean anything. You know, Tzvi Meyer says, I wasn't going to say this, the great Rabbi Tzvi Meyer says, we'll bring more of his words later. But he says, no one means anything today. It's a Shvachador. Nobody means anything. It's a good thing to remember. You know what people mean today? Nothing. We're not smart enough to be mean. We're just dumb. No one means anything. But he thinks bad. And then I'll give back. You're not going to lend me this? I'll show you. But friends, the worst is yet to come. Rabbi Yonah continues, Upamim yachshov Hashem. A person will see the chesed Hashem, the beauty that God is doing for him. It's coming. God's against me. God's against me. That's the worst. Shinemar v'teiragna boaleihem. Matomru. And he quotes to our psukim. The psukim that led up to Tisha B'Av. V'toragna boaleihem matomru. V'sinis Hashem v'sanotini. God hates us, that's why he brought us outside of Egypt. It was so good. It was so geschmack in Egypt, getting smashed and beaten up and being an Ebed, Ani Abdechab and Abedzecha. What did we have? And the Egyptians were such a kind people, and Suntan, and cool names, Tufik and Ahmad, and here we are in a desert. Why did we come here? Only a God that hates us would do this to us. Some say another Pshat in the Pasuk we brought before. V'nirgun mafred aluf. This is Mishlei Tesayin, Proverbs. V'nirgun mafred aluf. The nirgun separates from the friend, the vacation. V'nirgun mafred aluf. Who's the friend? Which friend do you separate from? Who's the best friend any of us can have? You turn him into an enemy? God's your enemy? 
We don't realize, of course I speak together, how beautiful our life is, how gorgeous it is. If you don't see that, how can you even think about the mitzvah of Abbas Hashem, which was a command we all have, a person supposed to love God. How can I love a God that hates me so much? How can I really worship a God who hates me so much? Maybe I'll peek in on That's a beginning, that's a basis, that's a starting point for relationship. If we have this grave misconception, if we don't realize deeply he's on our side... The Gadol Ador, and head of what's called the Olam Yeshivas, for decades, of Shach, Marner Shach, who had a personally very, very rough life. And it was well known, I'll talk about part of it, I'm not going to talk about all of it. Many people don't know that Shach had a daughter who died when he was 18. Shach was a very humane person, so you see the public view as a fighter, which, which he was, you don't realize the person. He was a very, very Enoshi person, very, very loving person, very, very kind person, a very warm person. Very, very available person. Anyway, he had a daughter that passed away when she was 18. He had a picture his whole life, uh, shocked till 105. For 90-so years afterwards, 85 years afterwards, he had a picture on his, uh, next to his bed of this 18-year-old girl that passed away. <coughs> Some of his children came out far away from him. He had plans for him. Other things that are perhaps not proper to say publicly. But everybody knew. And it was, a, it was a, I wouldn't call it a secret. Everybody knew that Roshach had a hard life. So a friend of my Rebbe, Rabbi Yaakov Freeman, who told me this story, it's a direct story, said he was speaking to Roshach one time to ask in, in Eitzah, as people did, made his mind for he got to B'nai Barak, see the God of Ador. And Roshach's in the middle, middle, out of nowhere, says, turns to God, Rabbon Hashem, Allah Yorn, all the years, you've been so diseased, Sumir, you've been so sweet to me, so good, Sumir, you've been so good to me. With all of his sorrows and all of his difficulties in public and private, God, all the years, out of nowhere, this is what he was fooled with. Another example that I personally witnessed in a certain way day by day, Noah Weinberg's that's all. Noah had certain significant personal difficulties, maybe more significant, he was very concerned about the plight of the Jewish people as well known, he was sitting on it, he was upset about it, he was nervous about it, he was nervous about the fact that he didn't think from people who were doing enough about what he saw. In a certain way, he was even a little apocalyptic, very doomsday-ish. That same Reb Noach was always, and people who were close to him, he didn't have to be even that close, he always say, life is gorgeous, life is so beautiful. He loved life. He was a shmaka person, like we would you say. He was very pleasant. I always say, if you get him to stop talking about Kleister, it was very nice to smooth with him. So, Rashid, can we just talk about? Let's just be friends, you know? What are you doing for the Jewish people, David? I'm running your base measures. But what are you doing for the Jewish people? But he would do it to Rabbi Nassim Finkel also, so I didn't feel bad. He would do it to anybody. But when he was passing, he was saying, Life is gorgeous. Life is gorgeous? You're worried about. I don't want to tell you how Rabbi Noah used to speak. One of the scariest things. Life is gorgeous, life is beautiful. And you have personal difficulties. Ah, life is gorgeous, life is beautiful. These are smart people, we're both saying. They're not too mistaken people. They're a lot smarter than us. Rashak is a lot smarter than us. Noah was a big genius, everybody knows. Before getting to the second half of what we're going to talk about, Avashisro a little bit. Avashinim, Savashur. I just want to say we're about Khinachabanim. We all have children, we're planning on having children. So in a certain way, it's the, the greatest thing about Shuba can imagine for himself, the, the family can build, give opportunities to his kids sometimes that he didn't have. 
and this is something I've seen by Chasha people. If you're a complainer, your kids will be complainers. And guess who they're eventually going to complain about? <laughs> and I must mention that I think this is in a certain way a famous thing that Rosh finds in the Gadol Ador in America, Posigadoris. He famously and often said, it's in, you can see it in Drash Moshe also, but everybody knows Moshe say this all the time. Shvertuzayniyid caused the downfall of American Jewry. We live in a time when American Jewry is on the way up. But for a long time, it was on the way down. I don't know where it is exactly today, but it was a long time. Like Ravine Lopiansky once said about Noah, we all saw a sun setting and he saw a sun rising. The sun was setting in the 50s, the 60s. The sun was setting on American Jewry. What we have today, <laughs> I went to Baltimore. My friend says to me, his daughter is Chassas from Prager's Yeshiva. I hadn't even heard. What's Prager's? She was 700 guys, one of the best Yeshivas in Israel. I have to go to Baltimore to hear about this Yeshiva? I didn't even know about it. 700 Yeshivas come like that. You make Yeshiva 500 guys. Chappelle's going to be, look, yeah, 500. <laughs> so it bit cl- but it was, falling, it was falling for a long time. And what did the great analyst and the great posting who was living Kleister, was hearing all the Shilas, what was Rabbi Feinstein's analysis of what was going wrong? Shver to Zayn Yid. It's difficult to be Yid. Shver to Zayn. Shver is difficult. Shver. Nothing to do with the father-in-law. Schwer to Zion. It's difficult to be a Yid. Who said that? The people it was difficult for. The people were most nefesh. The people got fired. The people who kept Shabbos. A lot of people wasn't difficult for them. We Americanized. We made millions of money. We took over an empire of the own. What's the only empire in Jewish history? Hollywood. It wasn't difficult for them to be a Yid. It was a Geschmack to be a Yid in their version. Who was Schwer to Zion Yid? The Yid in their most nefesh. But... They were full of complaints. We, we're not judging. I'm just saying what Moshe said. Shreya's design is so difficult. That sense, they gave up a lot. Lucrative careers, etc. But that doesn't go over to kids. If you give that sense that it's not geschmack to be a yid, it's not the best thing in the world, it's not amazing, life isn't gorgeous, so what kid, what kid wants that? I don't, I don't want that life. You chose that life yourself. Time for me to go to something else. Shreya's design yid. They had a good reason to say it. It was understandable on a certain level. But you can't build children like that. So how does this relate to our times now in Avis Achim, how we perceive other Yidin, who both say? Well, let's think together. Take a deeper look. Rav Cook and others speak about Avis Chinam. Famous term today. Sinas Chinam, Avis Chinam. A current Rav Cook, the Tzadik and the Gon of Tveria, Rav Dov Cook, says he doesn't understand the term. Avis Chinam? Avaskin means no unreasonable love of Jews. No, no reason. No, there's always a reason to love a yid. Ah, what an insight! It was worth buying the whole book for that. Avaskin, what is it? Yeah, really, he writes. That's uh, the only topic. Maybe another topic. But Avaskin, I understand what's Avaskin. What's Avaskin? Sinuskin means there's no reason to hate. There's no reason to love him, even though there's no reason. Of course, there's a reason. There's always a reason to love a yid. You have to dig a little bit at times, and sometimes you don't even have to dig so much. I want to talk about that. Today, when we look, we discuss the rebuilding of, of Jewry. You look at a Hasidus today, Baba, Ger, Vizhnitz, Bells. Bells Rebbe was a young 18-year-old fellow with 50 Hasidim that were broken in Tel Aviv. And then it became what it became. Baba was also like that. The Baba Rebbe, the great Rabbi Shlomo, after the war, and Sion's son, he had a small minion. And he used to have to go collect 
to make a minion very often. And there was a yid that his son, I think it was Naftali, the one who became, I think they're up to another rabbi already. I think Naftali even passed away, I'm not sure. No offense if he didn't, I don't know. But uh, Shlomo definitely passed away, a huge person, Shlomo Havushtem. So he's telling Naftali, go find someone. So he found the yid, let's call him uh, Yankel. Good, so Yankel came, and Yankel even knew how to daven, but it's someone who was drifting around outside. Not someone who was looking for bubba or warmth, bubba or anything, and he came and he used to daven it for a month, for two months, etc. At a certain point, Yankel stopped coming. And Rav Shlomo needed a minion, and he cared about Yankel, he cared about every yid. He says, Naftali, go find Yankel. It was on Shabbos. He goes find him, he's in the park. He's smoking a cigarette on Shabbos. He says, Yankel, we need you for a minion. Oh, no, no, no. It was very nice. Good few months. I spent my good few months in Bobov. On to bigger and better things. He goes back to his father. Says, Tati, Ta, whatever. I saw Yankel. He was smoking. He said, he wasn't smoking. I said, Tati, I saw him. He was smoking. He wasn't smoking. I said, he was smoking. He wasn't smoking. So finally, Naftali turns to his father. His illustrious father says, Tati, what do you mean? I was there. You sent me. Me, you, sent me. I'm going to be the Rebbe one day. I will not crazy. You sent me to park. I saw him smoking. You know, smoke. Right? This wasn't electric. This was, you know, the real thing. I don't know if he rolled it or not. I, he's smoking. He says, it's not him smoking. It's the Nazis are smoking. The Nazis are smoking. What an insight. The Nazis are smoking. You could cry over such a story. Shlomo knew that he was smoking. It wasn't him, though. It was the Nazis. All that he'd gone through, the, 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 the death camps, things like that, were malbishim, put a gaishkeit in him, put a secularness in him, put a chil shabbos in him. But he, the etzim yankel, doesn't smoke. Or Meyer, I mentioned before, said to Dover Nora, every single yid you see, those much firmer than you, those much more secular than you, you know from it, from his fanatically religious on one side, modern on the other, and you're in the middle. Perfect. That's from. You see a secular, hardened criminal. Okay, can we grab this image for a second? Let's say it's straight. All he thinks about all day are women and stealing from people and harming them. That's who I'm talking about. That guy in Gilboa. Yeah? Says or T. Meyer, and it's pushed after words I thought about it, but I just never seen it so clearly. If you strip him down to his basic self, if you could magically remove all the very deep and coarse layers of true garbage, and they are deep and true layers of coarse garbage, for sure, but we got rid of all that stuff, and we magically did it, what would we have? You'd have someone crazy for God. He would tie himself to the Kotel. You wouldn't want to learn fresh Seder with him, because he would never stop for lunch. Nachem Oldemarshah. Ataisus. You want chicken? Another Gemara. Let's learn another Masechta. Yeah? He would be the best person. That hardened criminal you wouldn't trust for a second. Not with yourself, not with your daughter. Nobody. But if you get rid of it, he'd be the best person to be friends with. Never complaining. Always putting you first. Gentle, friendly, respectful. It's just he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of stuff on him. There's a lot of garbage. And that's the true story, T. Meyer says, of what a yid is. He writes further, he says, really, every yid you meet, you should be pushing trembling. Who am I to speak to this person? Who am I? Kosha can't tell me the Chacham in one day Torah from Yidin. But a secular yid, you know what's going on inside of him? You know what kind of fire pack? It's covered up. 
It's been a long Golis, a lot of Nazis, a lot of Malik, a lot of things, a lot of seculars, a lot of Goyim. But the Yid himself, him, his basic self, he's on fire. And you know what? If you start looking for it, as we'll try to explain just for a minute, you can see it also. I want to go back to Rav Kook for a second. Rav Kook has an amazing line in Orsa Kodesh. When you truly look at the Tzadah Tov, Rav Kook doesn't say, be a banana, think like a mushball, be mushy-gushy. We're talking for a person who won 50 daf a day when he was in Volajan. He said if all Volajan was on one side and he was on the other, he would be Machria. He was a very, very smart person. When you start to look truly at the good side, they love you in an inner way. Wow. And you don't have to come to people with flattery, because they'll love you. You know why? Because you see them in a good way. There's a lot to unpack in that line, but I just wanted to bring that down. I want to focus on what comes next. Listen to this. The interest in the good side that he meets when? Always! Always! If you're interested, you will always meet it. That can cover. Here's the practical key that Rav Cook gave us. It was such a great lush when I saw it a few weeks ago. What interests you? I'm talking to myself. What interests us when you see other people? I'm interested in seeing good things. That's what wakes me up. That's what interests me. Not another critical thing. Not another damaging line. Not another way to make myself feel better than other people. I'm interested in seeing the good. And I'll be pogish at Tommy, says Rav Kook. We're not, we're complaining. We're near Ganim. We're not interested. But Yanyinut B'Tzadatov said the great one. If you're interested, you'll see it all the time. <clears throat> Just quickly, my past flight, uh, my last flight was out of Newark. So I want to tell you what happened. So when you're, it was a night flight. When you fly from New York there, right? When you fly night flights from Israel back, so you, you can dive Mara before and you sleep the whole time and you wake up for Shabbos. It's great. When you fly the other way, you run into Zamanim going really fast because it's night and then it quickly turns into day, quickly turns into morning, right? Somewhere five or six hours in, they have these things by Zamanim. Check it out. So, so I was going that flight back to Israel on Wednesday night, and uh, so it means as opposed to flying carelessly and uh, gently taking a sleeping pill for all the people, it means you're diving at least Shabbos on the plane. Some people diving Marv on the plane also. Maybe some people uh, Mincha. So I, as a rule, don't dive in the minion on planes. You know, I don't like it. I don't think I've seen certain folks who don't like it. I think it causes trouble. Okay, that's my opinion. Now, let's follow that. I saw Haley Yidin that were there. Yeah? Now, I could have said to myself, and I often do, not right. What are they doing? Right? Then, you know, first off, maybe their post can say differently. I didn't check all the post can, you know, doesn't, I sort of buzz and says this, that appears to me, my, my, my tab, I don't know. But I didn't see, maybe, maybe X Yid asked his rub and he said you should try to dive it on the plane. But even not, look at the good side. All these guys, as opposed to sleeping and being glued to their screens, they're getting up in the middle of the night for them to dive in chakras. Right? And, that's Aleph. And they did it so quietly, these particular people, these, they did it so quietly. And with as much, it was obvious, they were doing it with quietly, as much as little disturbance as possible. So we could done right or wrong. That's not the point. And you have to know what you think is right or wrong. I didn't dive in with them. But how do you look at them? What interests you? Schoolmaker has another line to say, look at these Hasidim, look at these guys, look at those guys, look at them, look at the guys. Oh, I didn't know the guys were prankers. Eh? I don't know where they're from, right? 
But look at what a beautiful thing they were getting, getting up, inconveniencing themselves. And then, like mice, because they knew they didn't want to bother. They're adopting with a minion. They held that was the right way, right or wrong. But they did it carefully, did it distinctly. There was so much to be good, but what interests you? And then, the secular stewardesses were so respectful of them. They were they were inching around, weren't making a fuss, stewards can make a big fuss. So the secular stewards were also beautiful. Now a lot of times, I don't know why it was Zoka, maybe because I was learning to be Meyer, I don't know why it was Zoka to see things in a little bit of godless demotion, but plenty of times my impression would have been that stewards is so not Sanua, these guys shouldn't have been making a minion. I'm hungry. Yeah? <laughs> so whatever reason I was Zoka to a little bit of a more elevated time. But we'll say it's that all the time. Remember that line from Cook and that to Meyer. You didn't if you break them down. They're on fire. That's what it is. All of us, and all of you, and all of me, we are on fire. It's just we got a lot of garbage. And if we can see past, once we're dealing with a nation that is on fire, if we're mitanyein, if we're interested in the side of good, we'll see it. Now's the time, Rebbe, to fix our sinaschinim, to start to see the other Jews and the Rebona Shalom in a good light. We have a father that's so good to us, that cares about us. And now, as the country's in a real fix, more than ever, we need individuals who know the importance of Achtas, who know the beauty of every Yid, who, of course, have the strong opinions, have opinions, have opinions also. Someone asked me, I spoke for 10 minutes last night on a voice note, never get such a voice note. We're Jews! But are we going to let these opinions block our brotherhood? Are we crazy? Are we messed up? Do we know, remember why the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed? Have we learned anything in 2,000 years? Now is the time.